You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. if you will, consider the power of a dream. Ask yourself this question. Do you think God wants you to dream big dreams or does God want you to dream small dreams? I, I, I want to, the thrust of what I want to talk to you about is dream the impossible And live out the destiny that only God can make possible. You know, there's so much that goes on in life that can try to suck the the dreams out of us. Try to really take away or deflate the the God-given potential that we all have. And whether you're here in the Oracle in-person service here at 845 or you're watching online on our online campus or you are in Kearney in the Copper Basin, God wants us to dream. In fact, the Bible is filled, it's filled with people who had God dreams. You look at the story of uh, Jacob, the great patriarch, God gave him a dream. You look at Daniel, the, the great prophet, God gave him visions and he gave him dreams. You look at Joseph, who became the prince of Egypt. God gave him dreams and he gave him the ability to to dream dreams. And so what I want for us to grab a hold of is, are we dreaming God dreams? Are we reaching out for God's potential? Are, Are we allowing him to move in us and work through us the way only he can make, the way only he can do? In the New Testament, we see that when the Holy Spirit was poured out upon the church, that the apostle Peter, who at once, just weeks earlier, had denied Jesus, and now he preaches his first sermon where 3,000 people are impacted for the glory of God, and they come to faith in Jesus Christ. And and the, the apostle Peter spoke the words of the prophet Joel when he said this. He said, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. How many of us need more of the spirit to lead us and guide us in life? Well, it's, it's, he is available for us. And then it says, your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Notice in the last days, are we in the last days? The last days started when Jesus ascended. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. They will speak the things of God into the world. And then it goes on and it says, your young men will see visions and your old men and old women will dream dreams. So you're never too old to dream. You're never too young to see the handprint of God Upon your life, you're, 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 never, you're never at a place in your life, it doesn't matter where you're at in the season of your life, where God does not want to inspire you 
to make his name great through you. You know, when you dream big dreams, it will birth the miraculous. It will birth the, the, the things that are impossible for us, but are truly possible for God. Did you know that there, there cannot be miracles without a mess? Did you know that? God makes messes into miracles. I'm here to testify about that. Every, every week, God is working with this mess. And he does some pretty miraculous things. And only he can do that. And he, he wants to continue to do that in each one of us. He wants to do what only he can do in our lives. And so I want us to go to, to the book of Genesis, chapter 37. And we're going to read the life of Joseph. We're going to start and see how God gave this young man a dream, a couple of dreams, and, and what it did for him. See, some of you guys in here, you're aspiring things. You're, you're desiring to, to have some wonderful things happen in your life, and that's good. That's, that's God. But God wants to be a part of every piece of your life because when God is a part of every piece of your life, that's where you have the peace of God to lead you in your life. When Shauna said pause, that wasn't that wonderful. We had to pause for a minute when we started the service and kind of state or think about what you're thankful for. You know what I'm thankful for more than anything else? Is that I have the peace of Christ. That surpasses my, my understanding. It doesn't make sense. That's how incredible the peace of God is. And if you don't have peace right now, if you don't have peace, you need to know that Jesus is your peace. And he's able to give you something that you can never attain in this world. You, you just can't. That's what God provides. So verse 3, chapter 37, it says this. Jacob loved Joseph more than any other of his children because jo Joseph had been born to him in his old age. So there was favorites in the family. Aren't you glad that we're the favorites of God? <laughs> because there was a lot of bad things that transpired because of the favoritism here. So one day, Jacob had a special gift made for Joseph, a beautiful robe, a robe of many colors, we find out in, in Scripture. Verse 4, but his brothers hated Joseph because their father loved him more than the rest of them. They couldn't say a kind word to him. And I know that first service, you guys have no sibling rivalries in here, but second service, they might struggle with it. Maybe the online campus. Have you ever had some sibling rivalries? Right? They couldn't say a kind word to him. And then verse 5 one night, Joseph had a dream. Tell your neighbor he had a dream. Joseph had a dream. And when he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. Listen to this. Listen to this dream. He said, we were, we were out in the field tying up bundles of grain. Suddenly my bundle stood up and your bundles all gathered around and they bowed low before mine. Oh, that made the brothers real happy. <laughs> Someone needed to teach Joseph how to keep things to himself, right? Verse 8, and his brothers responded, so you think you will be our king do you? Do you actually think you will reign over us? 
And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way he talked about them. And so because Joseph doesn't learn very, very well, we get to verse 9. Soon Joseph had another dream, and he pondered it. No, he didn't. Joseph had another dream, and again he told his brothers about it. Listen, I have had another dream, he said. The sun, the moon, the 11 stars bowed low before me. And don't you love it when you have dreams and it's all about you? (laughs) Verse 10, this time he told the dream to his father as well as to his brothers, but his father scolded him. What kind of dream is that, he asked. Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow to the ground before you? Pause. Here's the patriarch, Jacob, who is Israel. Okay, he is the father of Israel. The nation of Israel, anyone know where the nation of Israel is? That's who's talking right now, Jacob, who would become the patriarch. He'd become Israel. And he says, what are you talking about, Joseph? Are we going to bow before you? Verse 11, but while his brothers were jealous of Joseph, his father wondered what the dreams meant. That's powerful. While People around Joseph were upset. There, was, there were those around Joseph who were in wonder and awe. And that's going to be important to you as we navigate through today's message because as we go through what we call R1K at Living Word Chapel, reach 1,000 people. Some people may look at it and say, you're, you're crazy. How could that ever happen? And some people are in awe because we know that God can do it. You know, sometimes God allows for us to go through some very difficult things so that the only place to find real potential is in the living God. When everything around us is failing, God is always working miracles in people's lives. And what we find in this, in this narrative right here, and, and if you read the, the, the rest of, of, of Genesis from 37 to 50, what you find is the story of Joseph unfailing. You see the, the story of Jacob in his older age and how, and how God is moving mightily. You know, J- Joseph had to go through some real struggles. After this dream, his, his brothers sold him into slavery. He was abandoned and falsely accused from one of the officials of the, of the pharaoh, of the king, Potiphar's wife. And he just went through one thing after another and one thing after another, but the dream was still alive. And what I want to speak to you today is, is the God-given dream in your life still alive? Everything that you've gone through, all the things that have happened to you, all the hurts, and, and, and you're trying to navigate, and some of you are in here, and there is, um, I just know it with all of my heart, there is no peace in your life. The enemy is trying to steal everything he can. He's trying to take everything he can. And at the front of it, at the top of the list, is he wants to take the vision that God has for you and the dreams that God has placed in your life. Because if he can take that, he'll steal your faith. 
He'll take all the faith that you had at one time to believe in a God who is bigger than anything that you face. And that's why I'm speaking to every person in here to dream the impossible and live out the destiny that only God can make possible. Because if you can make the dream possible, it is not as big as God and what God can do. If, if you can make your dream possible, and I want you to think with me, some of you have some big doors opening up for you in your life. And you, I just want to tell you, I want to testify something that's important to you. That is only a portion of what God can do in your life. Because God is that much bigger. So how, how do we live out our God dreams? How do we live them out? From this narrative, we can see some very important things that will help us to put feet into action. And that's, that's where the Lord has us for, for the past maybe 10 years. We've been doing a year-end campaign where, where we put our, our, our finances together. We, we put our prayers together. Uh, we put our hands and our feet together. And we've been able to accomplish a lot of wonderful things at this campus. We've been able to merge with another campus down the road in Kearney. And God is doing things over there. And, and, and what the Lord has really spoken to my heart is that it's time to put ministry into action. There are kids that are at stake. There are families that need mending because they're broken. And with this pandemic that's hit our world, with all the, the social craziness that we're seeing, with all the political upheaval, we need someone that's bigger, and his name is Jesus Christ. And if Jesus is at the helm, if Jesus is leading us, we know that we're in good hands. So here's the first point that I want to talk to you about, how, do you, how you live out your God, your God dream. I want, I want you to consider this. All great things are born in a dream. Everything that we set out to do, you'll see it before it happens. God will show you something that you don't even understand and then when you, when you walk into it, you say, okay, Lord, thank you that you led me with a dream. Tell your neighbor real quick, Joseph had a dream. Joseph had a dream. It won't, it won't hurt. Tell your neighbor real quick, Joseph had a dream. And God wants us to dream. And Joseph explained this dream to his brothers. He's, you know, listen to this dream that I had. And he starts to tell them, we were uh, all in the field. We're gathering bundles of wheat. All, all of a sudden, my bundle stood straight up, and your bundle circled around it, and, the, and, and, and you bowed down to mine. Those, those bundles bowed, bowed down to mine. And, and he did not know that, that as he navigated through his life, that he was going to go through different circumstances, different difficult circumstances, but he never took his eyes off of God, and he never took his eyes off of the dream. And it speaks to us today because there's been some very difficult circumstances to hit, a, hit every one of us. But if we keep our eyes on God and we never take our eyes off of the dream that God has for us, he is more than capable of doing his work. 
have you ever thought about this? That if, if we didn't have this narrative, because the, the Bible's history, did you know that? The, the Bible speaks to us about things that have happened in the past. But if we would never have this narrative where Joseph was preserved through the hand of God, we would never have the, the nation of Israel right now. And the nation of Israel is very special to the heart of God. Did you know that? We see that in the narrative of, of the Bible. And, and as we see this dream lived out, we, we see how important it is to have God-inspired dreams. Because God-inspired dreams save people. At the very core of a dream that God gives to us is to save people. It's to transform people for his glory. And that's why it's so vital to base your dream on what God can do, not on what you can do without God. Think with me about some, some of the, 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 the great and wonderful things that we see in everyday life that were born in a dream. The greatest art that you see was born in a dream. The greatest books that have ever been written were born in a dream. The, the, the great buildings, the great skyscrapers, they're born in a dream. Sermons that are written that impact your life that are from God are born in a dream. God gives us vision and then he inspires us with a dream so that we can see that he can do things that are much greater than what we can do in ourselves. This has to be our thought process, beloved. Let the size of my God determine the size of my goals. When you set out to do whatever you set out to do, do you set out in an in a attitude of let the size of my God determine the size of my goals? Because if we don't, we sell ourselves short. If we don't, we do not allow God to be who he is. I, I talked about our R1K campaign. It's such a God dream because it's so much bigger than us. And from 2020 when we started and we, we launched R1K in 2020, 2020 meaning clear vision. And we just felt, I, I really felt the Lord was speaking to us. He's gonna give us clear vision to reach as many people as we can before he takes us home. And so we said in, in the next five years, we believe that by the, by the year 2005 that we're gonna reach 1,000 people with the love of Jesus and that 1,000 people would say yes to Jesus. Now, since that time, even in a pandemic, online, memorial services, me traveling other places, there's been 274 people that have said yes to Jesus. We actual count of, of the people <clears throat> that have said yes to Jesus. And we believe we're going to baptize 300 people in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit into baptism by immersion. 
We believe that God is going to inspire men to be real men that are going to live out God's purposes. We believe that the women are going to be led in this Route 66 to go through every book in the Bible and that they're going to have a clear understanding and discernment of the word of truth. I believe that. And he keeps confirming this truth because things just continue to happen. For example, I was called a week and a half ago. I've been pretty busy. A week and a half ago, I was called by a relative. And when I gave my life to Jesus, I was the first born-again Christian in my whole family. That means God can reach deep down in the mud. Amen? He can reach deep down in the mud and pull some of us out. And some of us, he'll clean us up and he'll leave us, you know, he'll leave a little bit of a, of a, of a brown color for us for flavor. I don't know what it is for, but, <clears throat> you know, he didn't go real deep, left me brown. But um, so I got this phone call and they said, will you please uh, come to, <clears throat> to uh, Bullhead City and do a service for, uh, for Andrew. We knew him by Bucky. I didn't know Bucky real well. He's in his low, uh, early 30s, maybe mid-30s. And he had passed away. And so I told my, my uh, family, sure, I'll, I'll go down there. So I went on a Tuesday, came back on Wednesday. But I went there on, on Tuesday uh, to do the service. And as I went there, um, they kind of began to tell me the, the story, kind of what had happened. Now, Bucky, was in, his health was really bad, but he worked for another relative of mine, and, and uh, this relative has done very well financially. He's very influential. And, and uh, the last thing that happened was the conversation that he had with, with uh, this relative of mine. He said to him, when is enough enough? That's important. When is enough? When, when is having what you have enough for you? So this cousin was telling me, and he was in tears, and, and uh, us machismo, Hispanics, we don't usually cry in front of people. I do now because I serve Jesus, and it's okay to, for, for me to cry, but I'm not really a crier. Sometimes we do. <clears throat> but he was crying and telling me, you know, he said, when is enough enough? And he said, I really started thinking about that. He said, his health was so bad that we, we took him, the last act that happened, they took him in a, in a dolly. A, a wheel dolly, and they, and they took him to his vehicle because he couldn't walk. And they took him to his vehicle on a wheel dolly. And when he got to his vehicle, they put him inside, and he breathed his last. And so my cousin gets in the vehicle, and he gives him CPR, and, and he's, you know, trying to keep him alive, and he didn't make it. He passed. So I got there after that. Spent some time with him, and the next morning, right before the memorial service, my relative says, do you want to go with me to, i got to check some workplaces. If you want to go, I'd love for you to go and just ride along. Sure, I'd love that. So we went and rode along and <clears throat> went to all these different workplaces that, that he had men working. And he said, I want to take you to one other place. He said, I have a, I have a, a chili farm that I want you to go and, and visit with me. Was chili farm is actually a marijuana factory in Needles, California, one of the top, I just found out, one of the top marijuana factories. It's all legit. Every, every plant has a number and has a name, you know, according to law enforcement and everything. So I, I'm, I go over there and I'm like, bro, 
I see all these surveillance cameras. Are they going to come and pick us up? Because I don't want headlines. Pastor. <laughs> picked up. In Needles, California. So I walk into this first building. And I have never seen so many marijuana plants in my whole life. Ever. Thousands of plants. Big old plants. I had to shake it off. And I, as I walked in, I, it was, the smell was so strong. And I'm like, dude. I, I, every time I take a breath, I put my shirt over like a filter respirator. And they were all laughing at me. The workers, they had chemists and everything that were in there. They were laughing. And, and so, so he says, come over here to this room. And so he's telling me, and I'm, I see nothing but a, but a forest of marijuana. And there's a room over there. And he says, come over here to this room. And I said, well, does, do they look the same as they do over here? He said, yeah. I said, well, I don't got to go. I can see them right here. So we went from there to this, from, from the plants to another building that was up above, and this was the extraction building. And that's where they make the honey. That's where they make the CBD, all the oils that, uh, I know first service, you probably don't use them, but second service, they probably use a lot of it. <laughs> so we went there, I talked to all the workers, and as I did, I was talking to them about purpose and life and how you doing, and the Lord was just there. there and there was so much brokenness. And I went at 11 o'clock and did the service. And it was packed in that little chapel with all these workers from that factory and from different other places that Andrew had impacted in his life. And I shared the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. And 10 of them that morning, 10 of them, especially the ones in the front row, the ones that had asked me to go, they raised their hands and said yes to Jesus Christ. And, and it, speak, it speaks to me about the dream of God, the dream that God has for each one of us that makes us imagine greater things that we could ever imagine. That the God that we serve is so much bigger than what we could ever, ever understand. It was Albert Einstein, the, the, the wonderful genius, who said this. He said, imagination is more important than knowledge. For knowledge is limited to all we now know and understand. While imagination embraces the entire world and all there ever will be to know and understand. You see, there are things that we know because we are living in them. They're the tangibles. They're, they're the things that we read. They're the things that we see. They're the things that we experience. But imagination takes us to believe in the things that only God knows. And the things that only God knows is that his plan for us is so much bigger than we could ever grasp. And we don't want to live a life where we come to the place and we say, when is enough? enough. But when we say, God, we want everything that you have for us, for your glory. Amen? Every one of us, beloved, every one of us are, is going to breathe our last. And my prayer is this, that before that happens, that we are going to live out our God-inspired dreams to the fullest. You got to base your dream on what God can do, not what we can do without Him. 
Every one of us in here, beloved, God has given you a God-inspired potential to do things that are going to help 100, 230 young people that will be impacted for Jesus. 13 people that will have a dinner because you wanted to make their life better because God has made your life better. And the whole goal is that Jesus will be glorified and that he will do what only he can do. Here's point number two. Dare to dream even when others say it's impossible. When you have a God-inspired dream, not everyone is going to be on your side and not everyone is going to be happy about your dreams. There will always be naysayers in your life. There will always be people that will say, you can't do this. This can't be done. But what I have come to find out in my life is that God-inspired dreams are not dependent on people to fulfill. They're dependent on God. And just like there are people that are naysayers, there will always be people who will stand with you to move out in the things that God has for each of us individually and together. There are, there, are two, there are two people that can stop a God, a, an inspired dream. The first one that can stop a dream is God. Amen? He's got the power to be able to stop. But if, if God has given you that dream, he's for it. So he's there with you. He, he's there with us. He when, when we talk about a thousand people reaching them for the glory of God, God says, is that all? Think with me. Is that all? I've got those people in Saddlebrook Ranch. Those thousand people. When, when we talk about thousand people, God says, I got those people in, in Salmonal. I got those people in, in, in Oracle. I got those people, those thousand people in Eagle Crest. I have those people in the Copper Basin. If God is with us, we don't have to worry about it. The only other person that can stop your God-inspired dreams is you. You believing the lies of the enemy that says you can't do it. You believing the, 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 the talk, the chatter, I call it, the chatter that don't matter of people around you that say you could never do that, you could never accomplish that. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. The great people of God never aspired to be great. They aspired to make God great. One of my heroes, one of my heroes is Martin Luther King Jr. Martin Luther King Jr. said this. He says, do not let anyone reign on your dreams. Do not let anyone Take away that fire, that passion that only God can provide. Now, let me tell you, he championed this dream without, with the love of Christ and with a lot of people hating him to the point of dying. Now, think of the, the dream that he had is that all men and all women would be looked upon the same. It didn't matter if you were black or you were white or you were brown or you were yellow or red or whatever color you were. It did not matter. He said, you know what? It's, it, it, it should be that every person, it doesn't matter the color of your skin, you should be able to sit on the bus in whatever seat that you have. That seems so foreign to us, but that's not that far away from us. 
We talked about this in our, in our prayer, our elders' prayer. When we, when we came out of praying uh, at 7 o'clock this morning, and our, some of our elders, we were talking about the mine and how it was in Samuel. You know, Samuel uh, uh, Magma Copper, who later on became BHP, was the largest copper-producing underground mine in the world. In the world. It employed close to 3,000 people. Me being one of them. The majority of us needed Jesus. Desperately. Not only did we work in the dark, we lived in the dark. And God had to come into our lives and he, he came into my life and he restored me. And he showed me the, the true light. Not the light that I carried on my headlamp, but the light that was the light of Jesus Christ, which is the light of the world. Now here's the thing, that community was built and the, and, the, and the higher bosses sat in three different big houses on the top of the, of the community. And then right below that, the, the other supervisors, all the, the, the management, they, they built the houses for them. And as the houses went down to the bottom where the main road was, it, was, it went in different sections. And according to that elder that was talking to me who lived there, he said it was segregated and it was, it was all Anglo until you crossed a certain road and then you got to this place and that's where all the Hispanics were. And they, all the Hispanics went to school in this place and all the Anglos went to school in this place. Martin Luther King Jr. had a dream. And his dream was that Hispanics and Anglos and every African American and every person would be able to go to school together. But his dream was a lot bigger than that. His dream was that we could walk out the love of God and love one another. And let me tell you something, that the devil, who's the enemy of our soul, wants for us to separate ourselves because of the color of our skin or our social class or our political party. But here's the thing. If we serve Jesus Christ, he will bridge the gap and do the things that only God can do. Martin Luther King Jr., his dreams made people uncomfortable. Joseph had a dream, and when he told his brothers about, about the dream, they hated him more than ever. When he told his father the dream, he said, what kind of a dream is that? Well, your mother and, and, and myself and your brothers actually come and bow to the ground before you. But there's something that's very important right here. It says, while his brothers were jealous of Joseph, that's so important for us, his father wondered what the dreams meant. Anytime that you tell someone about a God-inspired dream, you will get a response. Sometimes you're going to get anger. Sometimes you're going to get envy. Sometimes you're going to get jealousy. Or sometimes you're going to get wonder amazement, and awe. Here's my question to Living Word Chapel, first service, online campus. Which one are you? Which one are you? When, when we talk about reaching 1,000 people, which one are you? Do you get angry, jealous, indifferent? Or do you wonder how amazing the God that we serve is and you're in awe of his greatness.
You know, in 2020, when we launched this campaign, a beautiful family, a beautiful couple came, came to me. And they said, we want to talk to you about this campaign. And we want to get behind it. And the husband said to me, he said, this, I know this is from God because only God would give something this big. And we want to, we want to fund what's going on. We want to get behind it monetarily. We want to get behind it through our prayers. And when he told me what he wanted to do, just let me tell you right now that I fell back and I had to be carried up because <laughs> I could not believe what came out of his mouth. And God has used him and his wife, a beautiful, beautiful couple, to, to help Living Word Chapel and leverage the goodness of God to take us to a place that only God can do. But, and I'm not going to tell you exactly what happened. I'll tell you that next week. But it's incredible. It's incredible because only God could do something like that. And they championed the, 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 the dream of God. They championed it. They got a hold of the dream. They, it inspired them. It motivated them. But it's motivated us. It has made Living Word Chapel better. It has made people that have come to faith, those 274 people that have said yes to Jesus, it's because of people like that. So here's my question to you. Do you get angry at the God dreams? Do you get jealous? Do you get envious? Or do you say, I'm right, I'm right with you. We're going to stand together and let's believe that 274 is just a launching pad. If we can do that in a pandemic, can you believe what's going to happen when we come out of it? Can you believe what's going to happen when we start an after-school program that every child that, that doesn't have a place to go, that they're going to be able to be at, at, our, at, our, at our church campuses and they're going to be ministered to because while the world is going to feed them a lot of garbage, we're going to feed them Jesus. And the only... The only one that can change and bring some wonderful change in our country is going to be Jesus. And I've always said this. I've, you, so some of you that know me, when you talk to me about all the different political things, you've heard me say, the only change that will happen in this country will come through the church, through the people of God. And as people come to Jesus, they begin to change. But it starts with a dream. Here's point number three. Don't allow your mistakes or your past or present hurts to nullify the dream. Some of you, God gave you a dream when you were young. Some of you, God touched your heart when you were just a boy or just a girl. He touched you. He, you knew that you had felt the presence of the living God. And this is, here's the difference of a God-inspired dream. When God gives you a dream, you know because you feel the presence of the living God. Some of you recently, you have felt the presence of the living God. You've teared up. You, he's, he's done some emotional uh, surgery in your heart and in your life that only God can do. And what I love about Joseph's dream and his life is that it is so real. It's so relatable to what we face. He, his life talks to me about the difficulty and all the things that he had to go through before he realized the dream. How many of you have been abandoned by your brothers? Anyone in here was sold into slavery? 
How many of you have been falsely accused by a woman or a man who they made a seductive uh, 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 you know, response to you? That's Joseph. How many of you, when, when, when you're, how many of you have been in prison? You don't have to raise your hand if you don't want to. I just got out last week, but they let me out to preach. How many of you, you know, have been in prison? Joseph was in prison, falsely imprisoned. And in there, he, he, he interpreted the dreams of two, a baker, a baker and a, a, a wine bearer, cup bearer, and they both forgot about him. How many of you have gone through these difficulties? All of these shaped his character. All of these difficulties made him the person that he was to become when he became second in command. He grew in his trust of God. You know what this speaks to me? I've gone through a lot. I felt the, 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 the breath of the devil on my back. I felt the hate of evil in my life. I, I felt the enemy try to destroy the life of my children who are grown now. I've seen what he does. I've seen how he can try to, to separate, penetrate their lives and separate them. I've seen how he's done that to me. I've seen how he's done that in some of our leadership. I've, I've seen how the enemy never relents in trying to destroy the lives of people. But I've also seen that God remains faithful. I've also seen that you don't have to be defined by your past hurts. You can live in your past hurts or you can be set free. You can blame everybody else or you can say, Lord, I release them to you so that you can walk in newness of life and the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. You don't have to walk around with, with all the hurts that people bring. And let me tell you that people can bring a lot of hurts into our lives. The same way that we can cause a lot of hurts in other people's lives. But of what I've come to find out, and this is what we can really learn from Joseph, is that Joseph was thankful to God no matter what he was going through. And this Thursday, we're going to be celebrating Thanksgiving. And the word of God tells me, the word of God tells me to eat a lot of tamales, eat a lot, oh, no. The word of God tells me to give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Let me, let me ask you a question. Are you giving thanks despite the circumstance you're in because you know that God is still in control. God is still in control. He's still moving. He's still working. You know, he still wants for you to hold on to your dreams. Individuals who stop dreaming have a danger to stop living out their potential. Marriages who stop dreaming about greater things in their relationship have the danger of allowing other dreams of other people to come in and try to come in and take this wonderful relationship that you have. Churches who stop dreaming become empty buildings 
with depleted hope. And here's what I know for sure, that the God that we serve doesn't build buildings, he builds people. And when he builds people and he brings hope into the the lives of people, they fill buildings and they make those buildings better because these buildings without people with hope are just buildings with people with no hope. But we're not those kinds of people. We're the people of hope. We're the people of God. And we're going to keep moving forward to the greater things that God has. Reach 1,000 people will be realized, not because of us, but because of the God who's leading us and the Savior who's worthy to be praised. And his name is Jesus Christ. And the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit, who fills our, our breath, who fills our minds and our lives with a desire to reach every neighbor that we have, every leader that we have. This morning we prayed, the, the elders, as we, as we were led through the word of God to pray for all governing authorities. It doesn't matter if you like the person who's leading you. What matters is that God calls you to pray for them because only God can change them and only the love of God can change you. Beloved, here's the thing. We might not change everybody around us, but we can die trying through the love of God. Amen? We can say when we breathed our last breath, whether they wheel you out on a dolly or they walk you down the room, into your room, wherever you're gonna be at, we can be in the hands of the one who created us for greater things. And we can do it together in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for this time that we've had together. Lord, I believe you're stirring hearts. You're stirring minds. Lord, we put our trust in you. Thank you for giving us vision, clear vision, Lord God, to move out, move forward to the greater things that you have. Thank you for giving us God-inspired dreams Lord, those dreams that birth what is impossible for us, but is possible for you. And Lord, today as we leave this service, Lord, we, we may leave the assembly, but we don't leave the love that we have for each other and especially the love that we have for Jesus Christ. Fill us with your peace. Fill us with your love. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Let's stand up and worship our King. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.